0: Good morning. New pastoral uniforms will be issued next week. Yeah, this is from Senegal, actually. But uh, Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the house of the Lord. A chance to worship today. And thank you for those songs, worship team. And build your life on the rock, right? That sounds like a familiar kid's song, which everybody should know. The wise man built his... See? You did? No. Anybody want to do the actions? Oh, I know. You'd love to get started, wouldn't you? Nah, not right now. Listen, um, today is going to be a little bit different, uh, kind of like maybe the New Testament church. You know, in the New Testament church, wandering apostles, missionaries may show up on a Sunday morning. And so you invite them to get up and speak? We're going to do that in a couple of minutes. The Trommelers are here with us, and uh, you know that they're spiritual because... Um, you know, we're trying to get people to not end up in a place that's very warm. We try to get them into heaven, and the tromblers work in a place that's very warm. Down by the Mexican border, where it's very hot, and I was so glad God allowed me to get out of there, because <laughs> I don't love that heat, but you're doing great, right? Last night, you, uh, you encouraged me, I want you to know, Sam, and, uh, So we appreciate you being with us today. Sam, Becky, and his his wife, Becky, and their son, Micah. So they're here this morning. And uh, also our own Pastor Derek is going to share. And this is a mission-minded morning, which, by the way, should be normal for the church to be thinking outwardly, right? So before we talk about that and uh, introduce Sam and Becky and then Derek, and then we'll be commissioning, praying over our Kenya team I'm uh, going to simply mention that last week we had a short business meeting and didn't make you stay, but everybody got voted in. So that's good news. And we don't have time for all the acceptance speeches this morning, so we're not going to do that. But I do want all um, elders, deacons, and deaconesses that are in the room, and F&F, anybody that was voted in, plus whoever's still on the team, just to stand for a moment... And there's a reason I'm doing this, so don't argue with me. All right, I know, I don't want to stand up, people will look at me. That's why you're standing up. I want people to look at you. And the reason is, um, all of these people represent our leadership team. So... Some people you may know well, some you may not. Some you may think, I don't know if I really relate to that person. Well, there's got to be somebody standing in the room that you could probably relate to. So that if you have issues or concerns or you want to encourage or whatever it is, find one of our leadership team. They've been instructed to escalate anything serious up the chain of command, if you know what I'm saying, and because uh, I know I scare a lot of you, I know. I'm just plain scary, and you might feel safer speaking with one of these nice people rather than the mean pastor that serves at Harmony. All right, little bit of joke, but seriously, uh, congratulations to all of you who were voted in or re-voted in, and let's show our appreciation one more time. Stay standing. I'm so glad to have more people helping us. And there's work to be done. And if you're sitting here on a Sunday morning saying, I'm sure glad they keep the doors open, and you've been coming for like six months to a year, and you don't have your hand on something, let me encourage you that's not normal. So let me encourage you to get normal. Woohoo. There's no drugs for that. The answer's in the Bible, okay? So let me encourage you to be part of whatever kingdom work God wants to do. I want to pray for all of these people. And probably the hardest job that they have, if I may say so, is we have, and you've heard me speak about improving the ethos, the culture of our congregation, learning to live and speak life to each other, encourage us when we're doing well. Correct us if we're not doing so well. That's part of the normal Christian life, rather than letting people just try to figure it out all on their own. Have you noticed if you raise kids and you don't teach them, they don't figure it out right. And neither do we. We need to be encouraged. And um, yesterday, the word that encouraged me the most was the Word of God, the power of the Word of God transforming our lives. It really does have power because the Spirit is in there. So, let's pray together. And then I'll stop babbling. You'd rather hear somebody more interesting. (laughs) I'm glad I called it right. Father in heaven, we rejoice in your great love. We rejoice in the fact that you have called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Lord, even today as I I looked in the, the Old Testament context, And you said that when my people gather to worship, you shall rejoice before the Lord. Because of what you've done on our behalf, we were not a people, now we are a people. That song just said, we came here with nothing. And when we come to you, we definitely come with nothing. In fact, we come in debt. And you fill up our account with your imputed righteousness. We have reason to give thanks. And then you don't just cancel out our debt and give us permission, if you will, to join you in glory. You gave us the Holy Spirit to make all the difference and to instruct us in your word. You have not left us without a witness. So we thank you for all of these things. And Lord, in your word, it teaches us that it is appropriate for those who serve to lead. And so here we have people standing who have chosen to put their hand to the plow to do work for you, to be conduits, if you will, maybe sometimes to hear complaints, at other times to hear sorrows and to pray with people, maybe to hear reasons for rejoicing, maybe to share the gospel with somebody that one of our people brings into their circle. Whatever that job happens to be, Lord, would you put your hand of favor, Holy Spirit, enable them, empower them, let them trust the good good word that they have in their spirit. And let them trust your spirit to carry them through all the tasks you might place upon them. And also give them the wisdom not to take on any task that's coming from the wrong place. Help us build up this body of believers that we look more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you. I'm asking God that your grace be on each one. Help them to cling to you, hear from your spirit, walk in fellowship with you, and get filled up by you. We'll be thankful for that, Lord, as you do it. And help your body to grow. Help us to get more, as my brother said last night, more of heaven in us than us getting into heaven. We want heaven in us in the here and now. We commend these saints to your grace. Help us in the great name of Jesus. We'll thank you. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. Now you know who everybody is. And glad they're here. So our missionaries to... um, The campus in the Phoenix area of Arizona uh, are here today, and I'm going to let Sam introduce himself after he has shared with us. He's going to bring some encouragement about what he does, and I believe some uh, encouragement for us from the Word. Then Pastor Derek will come up, and after that, we will be praying for a team. Let me just mention, our team members will be up front as we pray and lay hands on them. Exercise your priesthood. By praying with us. Don't just listen. Lord, I'm agreeing with that. Exercise your priesthood and commend them to the grace of God. And can I say one more thing? Of course I can. I'm in back of the microphone here. I just want to thank Harmony for prayers and support and rising to the occasion as you often do. Contributing, helping us get the materials we've got. Buku things that we're bringing to the missionaries that we're going to leave with them. They asked for a whole bunch of things on their wish list, and we've brought tons of stuff. I hope not tons, or we'll have to pay a lot of extra baggage, but a lot of great stuff because of you as a congregation, and also supporting us financially to get over there. So thank you. Way to go, Harmony. Once again, praise the Lord for that. That's awesome. Sam and your fam, you want to come up? Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the cool country. Cool in multiple ways. Just had to rub that in a little.
1: You, you look cool.
0: I look cool, thank you.
1: Reminds me of high school. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: because I love you, I'm going to forgive
1: you. <laughs> I'm kind of stuck on wandering missionary. We were on our way home from church in Phoenix and ended up in Middletown. (laughs) (laughs) Wandering. No, I I really appreciate the pastor. He uh, has a sense of humor that I can can relate to. Uh, We've been missionaries with the church for years. We first were supported by the church when we went to Brazil. Uh, Becky, uh, if you would stand up, and Micah. Uh, Becky was... Uh, Raised in Brazil as a missionary kid and uh, Micah was actually born in Brazil our first year there as missionaries Uh, We have two older sons Uh, They both met girls. We work in campus ministry. They both met girls in our campus ministry And uh, it was kind of nice because we could monitor their relationships uh, Now we have five grandchildren Uh, Our oldest son, Samuel, has three boys, 15, 13, 11. And uh, Josh, our middle son, has two girls, Hannah and Isabella. Becky, recently, she went over to drop something off at Hannah and Isabella's house. And uh, the girls were playing, and they play so well together. They're seven and five, and it is a joy. It reminds me of how our Heavenly Father, when His children are getting along And loving each other, it pleases his heart. And it is fun to watch them. And Becky went over, and the girls had all their dolls out. And Becky said 20 to 30 of them were laying on the ground face down. And so Becky asked, What are they doing? And Hannah said, They had a tug of war, and their team lost. And they were doing push ups. And Becky said they had their arms out, just like they were were doing push-ups. And I thought it was probably insight into her first year of having P.E. in in school. She learned what a push-up was. Uh, We are in campus ministry, and the campus ministry is a wide open door. The uh, campus ministry, God has opened doors for us at uh, Paradise Valley Community College. And we are blessed to be there. Um, some examples of that, the school gave me after working there a number of years. And we've been there now 24 years. Time flies. But after we were there about six years, they really appreciated what we were doing, and they gave me the advisor position. Because you had to have an employee of the school to be an advisor. So they made me an employee. I I get uh, fourteen hundred dollars a year as a stipend that any faculty staff would get who oversees a student group, and then we have advisor breakfast, so it's through that I've been able to get to know faculty and staff and been able to share with them and I remember one year as we had our advisor breakfast, they would ask us our name and who what student organization we oversaw so They would ask, I remember the first guy went, and he said he was with Phi Theta Kappa, the Honor Society. And another guy went, and he said he was with Beta Gamma Sigma, the Business Honor Society. And so I thought, it was my turn, I said, my name is Sam, I'm with the Alpha and Omega Society. And, uh... And membership is based on the merit of our founder, not on our merit. Um, And that led to some interesting interaction. Uh, But we praise the Lord for being there. And I encourage you, pray for campus ministry. College students are at the most pivotal place of their lives. They've gone through a high school environment, where things can be very structured, in some ways protected. Now our high schools and elementary schools, the mind, the battle for the mind now is there as well. But college students are trying to figure out what they believe, why they believe it. How can I function in an adult world? What is my purpose in life? And they're all looking for love and dare say they're looking for love more than in any time of our society because of the breakdown of the family. We get so many kids that have never really experienced what I would consider true love. So pray for them. Uh, deep in their heart, there's a hunger and a thirst to know truth and to know the Lord. They try to satisfy themselves with all the things the world throws at them, the media, the video games the social media, that never satisfies. And our goal, as the pastor mentioned, is to get them into the Word and to get the Word into them. The Word, the Word, the Word. The great neglect in our churches is we neglect the Word of God. Faith only comes through the Word. There are too many people that are sharing little bits and pieces and selling fire insurance to try to get people into heaven. And that is the most dangerous thing. I was there when I was in high school. Somebody sold me fire insurance, scared me out of hell, and I wanted to go to heaven. So I had to go to church a couple times a year to pay the premium on the policy. But I did not know Jesus, and I was living for myself. Most of the kids we get now that have even gone to church, that's where they're at. And they're not happy. They're not satisfied. They're in love with the world but want to go to heaven. And even that love with the world, all it does is hurt and scar and give pain and no peace. And God's word, we have to be in the word ourselves. The Word of God, it's our bread and meat. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. Hunger for the pure milk of the Word, that by it you may grow in salvation. And Jesus said, If you abide in My Word, you are truly disciples of Mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In other words... If you are a fire insurance Christian and you are not abiding in the word of God, Jesus says you are not my disciple and the disciples are the Christians, the disciples are the ones who are saved, and you are not saved. You've been deceived by a worldly, cultural Christian message that never satisfies. But the word of God will bring you to faith when you surrender and put your trust in him. And God will put His Spirit in your heart, and you will begin to grow. And that's the way it works. And when we see students that do that, we don't have to tell them you need to go to church. We don't have to tell them to be in the Word. They came to faith through the Word. They know it's life, and they grow in that. So I encourage you, yourselves, be in the Word. When we have people that doubt their salvation... And we'll get students that once we start seeing how radical the Word is and Jesus' message is, we'll have students that doubt their salvation. And I'll tell them, you know, I have no right to give you assurance because everybody wants to comfort them and give them assurance. I have no right to give you assurance or take it away. But get in the Word and you will come to faith or grow in faith. And it is joyous. The Word, the Word, the Word. I cannot emphasize enough, emphasize that enough. And Satan is doing his job to keep people away from the Word. There is more entertainment than ever. And now people carry entertainment in their pocket. And he's doing everything he can to keep you from the very thing that we all need. Growing in the Word of God. And it produces fruit in us and through us. So we thank you for your prayers for us in that, that campus ministry. It is a, a wide open door. Um, now, as far as mission and commission, I, I just wanted to share a few things with you related to that. As a missionary, we're always asked, what is your call? What is your call as a missionary? How were you called as a missionary And so, one day, under an apple tree in Pennsylvania, there was a bright light. That's not my call. Sorry. Um, I had to answer that question many times down through the years. And from the beginning, it's always the same. When I came to know Jesus, I understood his message was, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And God made it very clear that if Jesus Christ means anything, he has to mean everything. And I surrendered. And so my call is C, the letter C, I'm commissioned. I'm commissioned to make disciples. The Great Commission. A, I'm able If you have breath, you're able. If you don't have breath, you're off the hook. (laughs) L, there is a lost world. There is a lost world that is suffering and hurting and facing an eternity in a place called the lake of fire. If that was me, boy, I would want people to have compassion, to reach out to me no matter what I was like. There's a lost world. And then the other L, there's a loving Lord. There's a loving Lord that commissions us to reach people. C-A-L-L. Commissioned, able, lost world, and loving Lord. And in reality, that's all of our call. That's why God left us here. And as we live for that purpose, it doesn't matter what jobs, what other things, it doesn't matter what you feel your, your inadequacies are, that's our purpose and calling. As we live for that, we will be blessed and we will see people blessed through us. So that's, that's the call that we all have. And then the last thing I want to share, um, I heard this a number of years ago and I thought this is a great connection between what we are called to do as ambassadors and what ambassadors were commissioned to do. So in 2 Corinthians 5, it says we are ambassadors for Christ. Well, let me read this to you. The new president, and this is not recent, this was years ago. The new president appointed ambassadors to be sent out to countries throughout the world as the representatives of the president and of their country. The secretary of state gave the newly chosen ambassadors a series of warnings A series of warnings that every ambassador must heed. These warnings are most appropriate for everyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ. For we truly are ambassadors for Christ to this world. There were six things. Number one, do not become entangled in the affairs of the land to which you have been sent. Ambassadors. 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, as I say that, that doesn't mean, men, we have to stop taking out the garbage. We take out whoever takes out the garbage. But entangling yourself in the affairs of this world, especially those things that pull you away from Christ, away from relationship, away from the calling he's commissioned us to. Number two, remember at all times you are an ambassador, not a citizen. Identify with the people as much as you have to in order to carry out your commission But never lose your identity as an ambassador. Matthew 28, we have that great commission. Our commission as followers of Christ is great. But also the things, the temptations that want to pull us away are very great. We must remember our identity. Number three, you are the official representative of your commander and chief. The people to whom you go will assess him by looking at you. The biggest stumbling block to college students coming to Christ are so-called Christians. And that was the biggest stumbling block to me in high school. Because I knew so many Christians, I thought I'm better than they are. They cuss more, they do this more, they do that more. And so we don't have to be perfect. But we need to be growing and walking with the Lord and seeking to live out that light to the world that will point people to the Lord Jesus. Second Corinthians 3 says this, Paul wrote, You are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, Written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. I'm a letter for Christ. I want people to read good things and truth. That helps us to push us away from sin and selfishness. Number four, do not heavily invest in the economy of the land to which you're being sent. Make your investment in your true homeland, for one day you will be called home. Matthew 6, we think of, Do not lay up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. No one can serve two masters, for he either will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, money, possessions. Number five, at any time, a bloody revolution could well break out in the country to which you are sent. When that happens, remember this procedure you will be called home immediately. There will be no time for you to gather up any possessions, so whatever you have, you will leave behind. Upon your return, the commander-in-chief will be certain to assess your commitment as an ambassador and reward you accordingly. 2 Corinthians five ten and 11. For we must all appear... Before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for the deeds he has done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we pray, persuade men. And the last one, number six remember this. Remember the country, this country to which we are sending you is not your home. You are there on assignment. At any time, you may be instantly returned unto the land of your true citizenship. Therefore, behave accordingly. Philippians 3 says, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I have often told you And now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is deny yourself. Take up your cross, follow me. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble estate into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. People determine the value. We've seen this over and over. They determine the value of Jesus by our lives. You know, our kids grew up. I didn't want them to be Sunday Christians. Those are the people that aren't really saved. But I loved the Lord. We loved the Lord. We lived it out. When we played, we'd lay on the grass and look at the stars and talk about God. When we play sports, we'd talk about sharing. Uh, we taught our kids not to fight, which was interesting. because. As they fight. I remember when we were in Brazil, Samuel was a foot taller than the other nine-year-old Brazilians, eight and nine-year-old. And there was one time when, when Samuel was out front, and I could hear there's no glass on the windows, and I could hear the Brazilian kids all chattering. And I thought, what's going on? It sounds like a fight. And I saw Samuel in the middle of them, and he pushed these two kids apart. And he had heard the scriptures, so he was he was sharing with them scripture. And he told the little girl who had hit the little boy, Jesus said, if you hit him on one cheek, you got to hit him on the other cheek also. And I quickly went out and straightened out his theology. But living out that life is the key. We, uh, A number of years after we left Brazil, we went back to help translate for a mission team that went down there. And there were college students and adults. And I remember this one college boy that didn't want to be there. But some people in his church and his family wanted him to go, so he went. And the first couple days, he was complaining and grumpy. And uh, and then he began to see the Brazilians and their faith and how they loved the Lord and the Brazilian youth that loved the Word and loved the Lord. And this College student came to surrender his life to Christ. And then he talked to his pastor. He said, Pastor, when we get back to church, I want you to give me some time in front of the congregation because I need to let them know how blind we are in America. When you go to Kenya, you're going to see some faith faith in hard conditions. But as we saw in Brazil, these people have a faith that goes beyond materialism. Is deep. A lot of these people have a deep, deep faith. So, so my prayer is for you that through it you will serve with love and you will grow in love through the testimony of those people in God's word. We want to thank you. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Sam. That was terrific. It's been great to meet Sam and Becky and Micah. And uh, if you weren't there last night, you missed a great evening. So, uh, thank you very much. Great to see you all and understand a little bit more of what you're doing. It's great to hear that there's a wide open door in college still. Um, sometimes I wonder how long that will last. But that's fantastic. Okay, let's just pray for a moment for Sam and Becky and Micah and their work. Lord, we thank you for what we've heard this morning. We thank you that you're a God who's in the business of saving people. And Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. Pray for Sam and Becky, Lord, that you'll continue to bless them in the ministry there. We pray that they will see lives nurtured, young people discipled, and growing up in the faith. Pray for them as a family, Lord, with Micah. Just bless them and be all that they need where they are. May they know your provision and fruitfulness. And now, Lord, as we consider uh, another part of your word, we pray that you will open our eyes and our hearts to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know if Tim realized when he read out that portion from Hebrews. Where is Tim? But that was my reading for this morning. So, let's uh, save a bit of time. <laughs> from Hebrews. Why have a reading from Hebrews? Several reasons. One, we're going through Hebrews on Sunday mornings, anyway. So, it's to pinch a little bit of Pastor John's thunder when he gets to this chapter. Two, the mission team going to Kenya is going to be using the whole metaphor of a race, running the race, um, based on this first, from this passage from Hebrews, with the young people that they're going to be working with. The team is going to be working with kids in a school an orphanage. They're going to be working with other people visiting homes. I think Pastor John's probably going to be talking to some pastors. Um, so it's a mixture of kids' work and adults' work. Different people in the team doing different things. Um, but the team is using this passage from Hebrews as like their sort of anchor, their biblical, their scriptural anchor to hang their thoughts on and to to encourage the young people that they're going to meet in the race. So what sort of a race is it? Well, it's not quite like an ordinary race. And it's not just that the people going to Kenya are in this race. We are all, if we are true believers, we are all in this race. But it's not like a race where only one person can win. It's not like a race where you may or may not win. This is a race to serve Jesus. This is a race where the coach is actually alongside you, where you're not competing with other people, but you're actually cooperating with them, because you're all working towards the same goal. And if you've seen the bulletin, you'll see I've got a title title of a sermon I bet there's never been a title of a sermon quite like this before Qatar Airways flight 0704 is now boarding that's just to earth it that that's what's happening this coming Wednesday and eight of our members are going to be on it okay they go this Wednesday they got a long flight I don't do long flights they got a change in Doha and it's going to be a long flight but they're off Wednesday morning and if you want to be here to see them off who'd like to be here to see them off on Wednesday morning Everybody putting their hands up. Half past four in the morning. I'm not, I joke not. It's half past four in the morning here that they leave. So <laughs> if you put your hand up, you got you there. <laughs> um, so, wow. Wow. Did you get the wow factor when Pastor Tim was reading that bit from Hebrews? All these people, look what they did! Look what happened to so and so! Look what so and so did! Look what, by faith, by faith, by faith! Wow! Look at those Old Testament saints! Look what they got up to! They were people who, what were they doing? They were exercising faith in their God, not faith in fate, not faith in one another, not faith in some unknown spirit but their faith in God they didn't know about Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus and yet do you know in the scripture it says somewhere uh, is it Genesis that Moses counted it good to suffer for the sake of Christ that's a Balaam paraphrase that's not the original for the sake of Christ but hang on Moses didn't know about Christ no he didn't but Christ knew about Moses And the only reason Moses was forgiven and sanctified and was doing that leadership role was because of Jesus, way before. And the only way that anybody's going to get into heaven is because of Jesus. Whatever the time factor is. And all these people were exercising faith, and let's face it, it got most of them into trouble. As we heard in Hebrews. But... They are our heritage, the men and women of faith that we read about when Pastor Tim read that to us earlier. They are our heritage. There is a, an unbroken cord between those people exercising faith and us exercising faith. In fact, it says, if you heard it, if you remember, that there was something about them that was not complete that is now complete with us, that helps them in some way, that, that completes what they were doing. And that is because what was promised was not yet manifest when they were were exercising faith. What was promised is now manifest in Jesus. Jesus is the one who was promised salvation for all. And so faith, confidence in God, is the only way to run this race. And their faith was, as it were, completed only along with us, Because we know of Jesus, who is the author of faith. He is the author of our faith, but he is the author of faith. He is the guy who ultimately exercised faith in Father, and it cost him his life. Wow. So, that's the wow. Number two, I've had enough. Okay, I've had enough. Why does Hebrews encourage us to persevere? Why does Hebrews warn us against growing weary and losing heart? Simple answer, because it's very easy to do so. Things will happen that will lead us to be discouraged, to lose heart. There are real risks. There will be times when we want to give up. And this is a dual meaning for all of us all the time, and specifically for the Kenya team. There will be times when we want to give up. There will be differences of opinion. There will be obstacles. Things won't work out. Plans will change. People will get tired. You may be discouraged. Jet lag will suddenly hit you. And you think, oh... Can't I just crawl back into bed and go to sleep? Or I was really irritated because this didn't work out, or that person did that. And stuff will happen to discourage us. This happens in normal everyday life. It will happen in Kenya with our team. And the question is have we allowed stuff to drag us down and drive a wedge between us and God? Or maybe between us. And other people. The stuff that discourages. The stuff that causes us to grow weary. And to want to just walk away and give, give up. Have we allowed that stuff to get in the way? Whether you're going to Kenya or whether not. Now for the team. Kenya may only be a week. Ten days plus including travel. But yeah there's plenty of opportunity for scope for issues to pop up. Expect them expect things to go wrong manage these things respond don't react apply grace okay apply grace because you will need it things will not work out you may be suddenly asked oh could you just go and talk to that group of kids for 10 minutes what do I talk about it will happen things will change there will be change of plans bound to be life happens you might be put on, the, on uh, you know you might be asked to do something at short notice great if all these people in the Old Testament could, could do all their exploits, if Moses could lead the children of Israel, and if, if Abraham before that could wander off, wander off not knowing where he's going, you can do your bit, because the power of God is with you, and the presence of the Spirit as God is there. A few years ago, I went on a sort of short mission trip to El Salvador. Um, not with this church. It was with a, a medical group. I'm not medical, but I was a sort of pastor figure there. I don't know why they asked me, but anyway. You know. And and one of the most important parts of that trip was the team meetings. I think you have team meetings planned into your schedule in Kenya. Make sure they happen. And not just for admin who's doing what, although that will be necessary, but for sharing, for praying for one another, for getting the things that could niggle out of the way. Team meetings make them a priority. Don't miss them. Don't think they're not important. They may be a time when you need to share brokenness because when you're on a frontline situation, when you're out of your comfort zone, things that are laying dormant tend to come to the surface. And I know when I was on that trip with El, to El Salvador, certain mem- some members of the team, they weren't, weren't from this church, really met God in a dynamic way as stuff happened in their lives and they were able to experience the love of the team. So, expect to be weary. Expect to beget discouragements. God is with you. Help. Mission is a lifestyle, not a one-off event. But it may have special seasons, and the Kenya trip is one. Preparation. I'm getting a bit late for preparation, because it's not long now. Look within. Look at your attitudes. Look at your feelings towards the trip. Look at your thoughts about it and the team. Your role within the team. Do you need to do any business with God? before you get there help prepare yourself dealing with attitudes remember again I think Pastor John last night quoted uh, Dr. Dennis Ashley's word from the Lord remember a couple of weeks ago Dr. Dennis Ashley was here and he had had a word from the Lord do you remember what it was? Really? yeah <laughs> really Kenya team, do you need a really session with God before Wednesday morning? Others who are not on Kenya team, do we need to be reminded, really? Who are you? Are you that precious? If you need a really moment before Wednesday, then make sure it comes before Wednesday. It's now or never. You've got a ticket with your name on, you're signed up, you're due here 4.30 Wednesday. Where's your confidence? Where was the confidence of all those people that we heard about in their reading? Their confidence was in God. And they didn't even know about Jesus. How much more advantageous for us as it says, we have something far better. Not different, but better. It's all in linked with that. They're our heritage. God is the same as he was then. But we, something has better has come in Jesus. A greater understanding of salvation it's now or never. The author is with us. Pace yourself. And finally, enough said. And I want to reread part of what Pastor Tim read us The antidote to fear, the antidote to a loss of motivation, petty niggles, self doubt, pride, discouragement. Fix our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Enough said. Consider him. And our situation, our perspective, may change. Okay, now as Pastor John said, we're going to pray for the team. So I'm going to ask all the Kenya team, if they've now come up here, please. Are they all here? Yes, all of you, all eight of the team, everybody who's going to Kenya. Have we got everybody? Here they are. Thank you. That's fine. Wow, what a motley crew. (laughs) Okay, now we're going to pray for them. I mean, ideally, it would be lovely if everybody could come up and sort of wrap their arms around them and lay hands on them, but it would be a bit crowded. So, some of you have just been voted in as deacons and deaconesses. So I'm going to ask the elders, those who are not here, and the deacons and the deaconesses, to come up, please, and gather around these folks. This is your first job, some of you, as a Deacon and And the mission committee, thank you. Don't worry, you don't have to say anything, unless you want to. Here comes the, you know, the mission committee have been a real support to the, in the preparation of this. They're not all going, but they have really been there and helped, and that's fantastic. Okay. Now, oh, mind, mind the PA stuff, that's, that's fine. Um, <laughs> If there's any loved ones, if you're the husband, wife, father, son, granddaughter, or any any of these folks, if you want to come up as well, please do. It's up to you. But you're very welcome to come and help lay hands. Well done, Dave.